Hi, welcome to God is Real, God is Good, and it is me, Camus Johnson, this week. And I have Caitlin with me this week. So, hello, Caitlin, and Hi. thank you for coming. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. So, just kind of like our little first question that we asked. So, where are you from? Just Yeah, so um, I was born and raised for the first 11 years of my life in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Um, and then when I was 11, my family moved to a little town called Big Sandy, Montana. Um, mm -hmm. And then in 2012, we moved again to Wisconsin, um, which is kind of where I would say I'm from because um, I spent a lot of uh, significant years of my life there. It's where I got married, uh, met my husband, um, and now I currently am living in Harpster, Idaho. Whoa. Yeah, God has taken me all over the place. <laughs> it really is. And just so you all understand how I met Caitlin, um, Kylie mentioned I'm working at summer camp, and that's why I couldn't do the first episode. And that's how I met Caitlin. She's the cook here. She makes amazing food for me all the time. <laughs> Thank you. All glory be to Christ. Yeah, so my husband and I work at Alaka Bible Camp uh, in Harpster, Idaho, mm -hmm. and this is our third summer here. And uh, we absolutely love it. We love our jobs. We love how the Lord has blessed us. Um, and we absolutely feel um, blessed to be able to work with the kids and the campers and the interns and the nurse, of course, Camus. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's an amazing testimony of, uh, of God's goodness. No, and it's, it was definitely God. Like, it wasn't definitely my plans this summer to come out here and be at Alaka, but God's really blessed, at, like, especially for the podcast and, like, getting to meet you all, and it's been amazing, Yeah, <laughs> enough about that. So, um, Caitlin, just kind of tell us about your religious background growing up. Yeah, um, so I mentioned that I moved a lot. Um, my dad is actually uh, a pastor, and um, both of my parents love the Lord um, deeply, intimately. Um, my growing up um, was rooted very strongly in the Word of God, and my parents very accurately um, described and taught us girls. Uh, I have three other sisters, um, so four of us girls, yeah. And uh, they taught us very amazing biblical truths that we were able to um, be reared in, and um, I am so thankful to say that now all four of us are walking with the Lord, um, but that is not always the case um and it wasn't for me um even though I was raised in a Christian home with a um foundation in the word of God I knew the right answers but that doesn't yeah. mean that I lived the right answers um yeah. so I kind of did the church walk talk show um and uh and it just it didn't really become my own personal faith um mm -hmm. until I was 15 yeah. but um a lot of that had to do with uh, some really hard things that I struggled with when um, when I was young. Mm -hmm. um, when I was three years old, my grandfather sexually abused me, um, okay. and it was something I didn't really understand at the time, but yeah. it continued to happen um, on multiple occasions, and, um, and I got really angry and really bitter because mm -hmm. of that abuse. Um, and as I got older, it, it, um, I understood what it was and even yeah. got more angry, um, because that's, 
that's not okay when yeah. someone does that to you and like especially as you grow to understand what's happening like mm-hmm. I can definitely see why like there would be like some resentment or like mm-hmm. even a wall there in your life like yeah and I actually um really took it out on my dad um mm-hmm. even though he had nothing to do with it um and is an amazing father figure um mm-hmm. an amazing godly man I took out my anger and my hatred on him and broke um, our relationship because of it. When we moved Mm. to Montana, um, I just had a very uh, warped um, understanding of who God was um, and also just really distanced myself from all of my family members. Mm -hmm. Um, My older sister, not as much um, at the time. She wasn't really walking with the Lord as well. And so it was easier for me to cling to her as a friend um, because I didn't have the Christianese um, to convict me, if you will. Mm -hmm. And uh, I am so thankful to the Lord that um, he got a hold of my eldest sister's heart Um, And through that, a group of our friends um, really reached out to me um, and encouraged me to go to a um, a youth retreat. That's cool. uh, Yeah. And um, it was at uh, Montana Wilderness School of the Bible. Um, And that place will come up again in my story. (laughs) Um, Important stuff right there. Yeah. So when I was 15, the Lord wrecked me at that uh, that retreat. And... Um, I had been dealing with suicidal thoughts and tendencies. Mm. I had been uh, self-harming um, and just really didn't find any worth in myself. Um, I was angry. I was bitter. I was surrounded by broken relationships upon my own doing. Um, mm-hmm. And God just got a hold of me in such a mighty way. And everything that I was taught as a kid came to life. It was no longer just um, words on a page or uh, or people speaking at me, but the truth of the gospel room. Um, it just became so true, something that I identified with, that I am a sinner. I was headed straight to hell. Didn't matter the background that I had. Didn't matter that my dad was a pastor. My relationship with the Lord was non-existent up until that point. And uh, (laughs) I just relate so deeply to that because, like, I grew up in the church and around, like, 13 and 14, like, I really struggled with depression. Like, had my own suicidal thoughts. And, like, just that truth of, like, when God makes you look at yourself Mm. and you're like, snap, like, I don't have a relationship with this God that, you know, like, I thought, you know, like, well, I mean, you kind of walked away and I thought, you know, like, oh, I have a relationship with God, but he breaks you and he's like, look at yourself, like, you're gonna Mm. have to face judgment. And that's when you're like, oh, wait, like, my ducks aren't in a row. Maybe I should figure this out. And it was, it was just one of those um, moments where, I did have to step back mm-hmm. and not only look at my own sin and realize the depravity that I was walking in, um, that I was embracing, mm-hmm. um, the rebellion that I had in my heart against God, yeah. but to look at the grace that he was so um, graciously extending to me, the mercy that I did not deserve and the love that he desired to lavish upon me that at that point I was so broken and so um, weak and at a loss of 
everything that had happened up until that point in my life that the Lord was my only option. (laughs) Um, And I'm so glad that He chose me. I'm so glad that He broke me. And I just give all the glory to Him for putting those people in my life. Um, And that was my Jesus encounter, if you will. Um, not to say that my life got easy from that point on. We no. we endure various trials of many kinds, but it's for the testing of our faith. Um, and uh, and so that was literally the, the beginning point, if you will, mm-hmm. of my relationship with the Lord. Um, fast forward, I said that uh, I moved to Wisconsin, mm-hmm. um, and I met my husband there. Yeah. Um, we were high school sweethearts and, Aww. um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, my dad actually was, um, my husband Dakota's mentor. And okay. so, uh, it's not every day that you get to say that your dad mentored your, your husband or your oh. spouse. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just feel really blessed by that, that, um, that he was able to um, to be a father figure, to be a spiritual influence on my husband. Um, Dakota didn't grow up with a dad in his life, and so um, the fact that my dad was able to to come in and really help spiritually mentor him was um, was just a huge um, blessing, and also uh, just allowed us to bond even more so um, after we were um, married. Um, Kind of like that common ground, like that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the first year of our marriage was pretty rocky, to be honest. Um, Dakota and I struggled a lot with the fact that, um, he did not grow up in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't have a right understanding of what, um, a godly leader or uh, head of the household looked like, Mm. Um, whereas I did, even though I didn't submit to it all the time when I was growing up, um, I had a a good understanding of what that was, and so it would come across a lot as if I was putting um, expectations on him um, Mm. that were of myself, and not like, hey, this is actually in scripture. I was not as loving or gentle about it as I should have been. Um, It's really hard, like, any relationship, like, like, especially, like, from a child perspective, like, to learn to find that, like, submission and, like, what's godly and, like, yeah, yeah, I, like, because coming from two different backgrounds, I can imagine that, like, meshing took a second. It did, um, and it was, uh, it was challenging, but I'm so thankful for that time in our marriage because looking back, we were able to grow from it. I think it has, uh, a huge, testimony in play of um our relationship with christ so the marriage is given to us as a depiction of christ and the church yeah and how often the church tries to override christ (laughs) or how often um we try as wives to um overrule our husbands or and um submitting to dakota wasn't necessarily the hard part for me Mm -hmm. um it was submitting to him knowing that he didn't know what he was doing at the time (laughs) which sounds awful and I don't mean it in a prideful way the Lord has grown us both um Mm -hmm. and um and so with that um I was able to learn how um to obtain a quiet um spirit 
mm-hmm. in that every time he does something wrong, I am not to be Holy Spirit Junior. Uh, um, and not very hard to, in yeah, life. Yes, it is, but it, I am not his convictor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if he had different areas in his life where I was like, "You can do better," you, the Lord desires more for us in these areas. And don't get me wrong, I had my own shortcomings as well. Yeah. Um, but it was Caitlin. You need to be silent. You need to pray for your husband mm. um, diligently and let the Lord do the convicting. Because it's, yeah. it's so easy to be like, you know, you need to do better. Like, especially when you really love someone. Like, mm. I do this to my brother all the time. I'm like, Mitchell, you can be so much better. You can do so much better. But it's like, you need to be quiet. God's working. Just pray mm. because yeah, God convicts it so much And deeper. if the conviction doesn't come from the Lord, it's not going to stick. It's so true. Yeah. Um, long story short, uh, we ended up coming to the conclusion totally given by the Holy Spirit, um, to go to Bible college together as a married couple. That's cool. Um, so we packed up our home. We left our jobs in Wisconsin, um, left all our family, mm-hmm. um, and moved to Montana which is where MWSB, Montana Wilderness School of the Bible, comes back into play in our testimony, um, mine in particular, because the very campus where I gave my life to Christ um, became our home for mm-hmm. uh, a year where we attended Bible college together. That's awesome. Yeah, like, and it was a crazy year, but it was amazing, wonderful. Our marriage was founded upon the Word of God um, as as our all. It was mm-hmm. our final word. <laughs> Finally, we were, like, getting on track. The growth that took place there, like, all glory be to Christ. But um, mm-hmm. we have an amazing marriage now, and not that we don't have our struggles, but, like, communication is key, and... There was a lot of that lacking in our first year of marriage, um, and the Lord was able to really clear up some things <laughs> through Bible college. <laughs> um, and one of them was just that the gospel is something that we need to preach to ourselves daily. If we mm. don't understand um, the gospel, we don't understand the love that Christ has for us. If we have a weak um, doctrine of sin, we have a weak gospel. Um, and the the point of Every single story in scripture has to go back to the gospel. And that like, that's the point. <laughs> like God's love and like how easy for us as Christians to get so caught up in like doctrine or theology or whatever. Mm. But like ultimately like the main focus of the Bible is like God loves you and like he did this through Jesus and like just showing that to us and like Yeah. Uh, a lot this week at camp actually uh, a theme that I've been telling the kids um, in my footprints mm-hmm. is we don't work for our salvation. We work because of our salvation. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that God has saved us is not of ourselves. Ephesians is super clear on that. It's not by works so that men may boast, mm-hmm. um, but it is a gift of God. So salvation was given to us. Mm-hmm. Now, what are you going to do with it? James talks about um, faith without works being dead. Yeah. And so our faith um, is partnered with works because of the salvation that Christ has given us, that now we have life in Christ. And so we're going to funnel that love that we have, that passion, that zeal, um, Mm -hmm. that we have for Christ through the works of 
showing God's love to people, sharing the gospel, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Like it is our mission to share the love of Christ with the world, not so that we can go to heaven. Like our salvation's already sealed in the Holy Spirit. (laughs) So yeah, for sure. Um, It's nothing that we can do. It's completely, um, it's completely a result of the fact that we have salvation in Christ. Kylie always reminds me of this one quote. Um, She loves it. She says that we can work for our own damnation. Like, Mm. our works can get us there. But, like, salvation is a gift that we Mm. have to accept. And it's because we have this gift that we're so excited and we're so in love with God because he gave us this most beautiful thing that we go out and we do all of those things. Yeah, if you're excited about something, that excitement's going to funnel through your actions. So... That was a, a huge lesson that we learned um, at Bible College. That's and awesome. uh, right after Bible College, we moved again. <laughs> we didn't actually know where we were going. Um, the second semester, we were just praying and praying and praying. Okay, God, what's next? What's next? What's next? And um, we knew that we were not called to be back in Wisconsin, that mm-hmm. um, that we were released from there, and that um, God wanted us in some kind of full-time ministry. Uh, Dakota and I had been involved in a lot of youth ministry in Wisconsin um, and then helped out a lot with worship and whatnot, even at Bible College. That was a huge passion on our hearts. So we're like, okay, what can we do? Um, And we also knew that we didn't want to be in just the regular American dream, nine to five, you know, um, all of that, and definitely called to full-time ministry. And, uh, Mike and Timmy are the directors at Alaka Bible, um, Mm -hmm. and they were actually my youth pastors when I lived in Wisconsin, um, and were a huge part of, uh, Dakota, my testimony and mentors when we got married and, um, just became our friends. Um, Mm -hmm. so they were, uh, people that we communicated with often when we were in Bible college, um, so we came to visit Alaka a couple times during our breaks at school and just completely fell in love with the place. Um, corresponding with them frequently, we found out that two people cannot run this camp <laughs> no. um, effectively. What? <laughs> Imagine that. And, um, and just to be praying about a position opening up, but that the finances were going to have to come directly from God because there was no way that the camp could afford us. Yeah. Um, so... We graduated um, mm-hmm. in May. We went back to Wisconsin, saw family, packed up the stuff that we had in storage there, and moved to Idaho without a secure position at the camp. Oh goodness! Um, what faith? Yeah, we. It was. It was actually Dakota. I mean, like. I was on board, but mm-hmm. I was like, I do not want to be in the kitchen for the rest of my life. Um, and, <laughs> and so I was kind of actually struggling with that because the means of us being able to come was a package deal mm-hmm. that Dakota would get the programming position, but they were in need of a camp cook. And I'm like, you guys, I don't cook. Like, <laughs> out of the four of us girls, my mom actually was like, I'm kind of surprised that you're the one that got the cooking job. And I'm like, thanks, <laughs> oh, mom. <laughs> but um, it wasn't like in a lack of confidence. She was just like, you know, I didn't I didn't actually think that you liked to cook. And I'm like, well, I actually don't like to cook. <laughs> you're like, I but, um, do this for my job. No. Yeah. So at the time, like, that was the means by the Lord getting us out here. And God provided. And we got to sign a contract with Alaka. And we were on staff full time. Um, and I really struggled with being here. Um, not because I didn't love it. 
but because of the position that I was in, mm-hmm. um, I had a, have a passion for worship, um, and I wasn't able to um, to share that passion, to share that gifting um, at the camp and camp form. And um, I was overwhelmed by the kitchen and felt inadequate and felt like a failure. And yeah. um, and it was totally God just teaching me to be content in all circumstances. Mm. Um, that servanthood is not comfortable no. a lot of the times. Um, and it's not what we pick and choose. If it's not a sacrifice, it's not... Um, if it's not a sacrifice, I won't say it's not true love, but you're not being able to die to self in the same mm. kind of capacity. Um, I truly believe that. And not to say that if you're in a ministry position and you thrive in it and you love it, then you're not serving to the best of your ability because I see that in my husband. He's so good at his job and um, loves every bit of it and is phenomenal at it. That is his passion. That is the area in... Uh, so um, I think that the Lord over the time that we've been here at Alaka has developed uh, a love, not necessarily for the position that I'm in, um, but just for servanthood and whatever capacity that he has me in, whether that's for a season, um, uh, long or short. <laughs> um, I don't know, and I'm okay with that now. So, um, kind of difficult though, like when you first kind of like are starting in ministry and like, so we all have our gifts and our talents and ministries, like the things we love to do. Like I love to get up and speak, which seems weird because I'm introverted, (laughs) but God seems to be calling me to do this podcast and other things. And so like, when we have to do the thing that we don't love or like, we're like, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. It's definitely very humbling, and it's definitely a learning curve to be, like, like you were saying, to just be content in that and to, like, grow in those talents. Yeah, humility is definitely something that the Lord has taught me, um, for sure. Um, I think that in being in a position that I don't necessarily think of myself as gifted in, it causes me to stand back, um, and awe at... The <laughs> Emmaus has joined us. Yes. <laughs> he has woken up from his nap. So if you hear little coos or hums or grunts, that's him. <laughs> little cute baby noses. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's caused me just to realize the the power of God within me. Um, very similar to like Gideon. He had this huge army mm-hmm. and he was supposed <laughs> to uh, conquer um, the enemy of the Israelites. And God said, no, you're going to use less than that. I'm going to cut your army in half. And then I'm going to cut it in half again. And then I'm going to cut it in half again. Until it was 300 men against a multitude. I think they described it as sand on a seashore of how many people they were going up against. And it was for the purpose of when the Israelites won, for it to be to the glory of God alone. Mm -hmm. That it was not in their own strength at all whatsoever. No one could even kind of claim it to be them so I think that that's kind of how I feel like when people are like oh this food is so good or it cooked on time when it shouldn't have (laughs) or something like just it there there is more food than um to than or more people excuse me than food and all of a sudden I have enough like things like that that just are constantly happening in the kitchen I'm just like all right all glory be to Christ because I know 
I cannot do this at all whatsoever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that it was during that um, stage in my life where I identified a, a season of jubilee, um, mm-hmm. if you will, in Dakota in my life, um, just where everything was going good. Um, everything was blissful. We loved our lives. We loved our uh, jobs, the places that we could call home, um, the people that we were surrounded by. Everything was right. And I just got this sense of you need, oops, <laughs> you need to prep yourself for a storm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it wasn't so much like, all right, we need to brace ourselves. Something bad's going to happen, like karma. But it was okay, the Lord has blessed us with a time to prep us for a trial. Mm. Um, It was around that same time when Dakota and I got pregnant. Mm. And um, we were so excited. We were um, thrilled to start a new chapter in our marriage, a new chapter in our ministry, um, to start a family. And um, Dakota and I got... Uh, eight weeks into our pregnancy and he went on a trip um, with Mike and Timmy and so I was here to help kind of hold down the fort while they were all gone Um, it was December um, 11th I believe of 2018 and that morning I woke up and again the Lord just put on my heart you need to brace yourself for a trial. Mm. Um, I didn't have the strength to even kind of go there in my mind of what might potentially be happening. Um, Mm. But the Lord put on my heart scripture after scripture after scripture, and I wrote them down. And I didn't exactly know what was going on, but I knew that these scriptures were going to help me get through it. Um, I called Dakota and told him I didn't think that something was right. Um, called my mom and ultimately called my doctor and uh, went in by myself to the emergency room. Um, they told me that our baby did not have a heartbeat mm. and that um, I should go home and wait to deliver our eight-week-old baby. The next morning, I um, delivered and again, my husband was gone. Um, I felt very alone, although there was women that from the church that we were attending at the time that definitely came alongside me, helped me get through, literally just stayed at my house if while I was sleeping. Um, if, if I needed anything, at least I wasn't alone, but I still felt very alone. Yeah. And it was those scriptures that I had written down the morning of that the Lord kept directing me to. Um, in Job, he talks about how the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Um, and it was during the loss of our first baby that I realized how, um, how good God was despite the darkness. Um, it wasn't God's fault, nor was it a result of my sin that we lost our baby, but that it was in God's goodness that that child um, 
was a part of our testimony and was um it was an aspect that I can now bring glory to God, not only when everything in life is going good, but I can bring glory to God and give him the praise when my whole world is falling apart. Um, it drew Dakota and I closer together, and after much prayer, we decided that the Lord was the one that opened and closes the womb, and that we, um, that we were going to try again to have a baby. Um, so, uh, very quickly, we got pregnant again um, with twins, and um, the Lord uh, just put such a peace in our heart that even though it was difficult um, to think about the fact that our first baby um, was gone, that now the Lord had blessed us with two. Um, at about eight weeks, we went in for an appointment, and we found out that... Um, that we had what was called twin-to-twin blood transfusion. <clears throat> yeah, talking about you. Um, that is where one of the twins is taking the majority of the nutrients from the placenta, and the other twin is not getting enough um, nutrients to survive. And so slowly, um, one of our twins was dying. Um, and... There are variations of the severity of this disease, um, but the doctor ultimately told us that if, for whatever reason, both of our twins... Yeah. yeah. If, for whatever reason, both of our twins um, survived the pregnancy, that they would be born with deformities or disabilities or potentially I could um, give birth to both of them stillborn. It was an emotional roller coaster because now not only had we lost our first baby, but um, but my other two are like life threatened. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as a mother, it was uh, traumatizing. Um, and my trust in God didn't waver. Um, however. I did have a conversation with him about how I did not understand what on earth he was doing. Which is quite understandable. Like, so often we go through these hard times, and so many people, we question God for these hard times. I'm just surprised, like, you weren't more upset, because it's so hard. Like, because we don't understand his plan, and ultimately we're on this earth, we never will. But to have faith through that, like... That's definitely the one of the greatest tests of our faith. And yeah. Um, bottom line, where the Lord brought Dakota and I throughout the pregnancies, um, both of them, was that everything that God does is to bring himself glory. And so somehow, some way, in the loss of our... Um, first baby and somehow some way in the sickness of our twins we were going to see god glorified um and it was hard it was so difficult and yet the lord was so faithful to us in that we had peace that although we wanted those babies um so much he was the first thing they saw when they opened their eyes and um, what he could give them was so much better than what Dakota and I ever could. That our 
babies will never know sorrow, will never know suffering, they will never know grief, but they will only know the glory of God. Um, like, it's, it's hard to look forward to, but when you get to heaven, you'll get to see them, and mm. they won't have all the scars of this world to carry. Yeah. And even though I'm sure you grieve them with every right, because you know you don't get to hold them and you don't get to know them, but like, man, that's amazing that you can still see the upside. Like, yeah. Do you want Do you want to help me share the exciting news? So, um, we we ended up. Uh, I don't know if I said this or not. We did end up losing um, Emmaus's twin um, at 15 weeks. Um, but praise God, there was um, there was no remnants of that twin um, to the point where we didn't have to do any kind of surgery oh, um, yeah. or anything like that that would affect Emmaus. And he was able to carry out the rest of his um, gestation in the womb um, without any kind of complications. He was born uh, a couple weeks early, and he was taken by C-section. Um, but the Lord brought us through myself and him being healthy and strong and, um, and we are so blessed to have him in our lives. The, the journey of becoming parents was so trying and so (laughs) difficult just because of all the sickness and because of all the complications, not with his pregnancy, uh, or his, um, him in my womb, but like I didn't respond well to the pregnancy and so I had a lot of medical issues and um, ended up being put on bed rest and that tried <laughs> tried my patience a lot but again it required me to rely on the Lord mm. um, and the joy that Emmaus has brought into our lives um, it is just one more glimpse of God's goodness and grace mm. um, I did struggle a lot with postpartum depression and anxiety um, I I battled with that for many months uh, after Emmaus was born, and I felt inadequate and like I wasn't a good mother. Mm. Um, I tried to be vulnerable with people, but um, because of my relationship with the Lord, I felt like a lot of people didn't take me seriously. Mm. Um, and that the postpartum depression is a real thing and is a real issue. Um, and regardless of whether it was in and of myself, a hormone imbalance, or attacks from the enemy, which personally I think it was all three, (laughs) Um, maybe at different times and maybe all at once. But God, again, showed his faithfulness in bringing me through that, um, bringing me and Emmaus through that, and even Dakota um, and my marriage being stronger through that trying time in my life um, of feeling so hopeless Um, in a situation where I hadn't experienced that kind of depression or anxiety or darkness even since before I was a believer. Mm. And so that was really um, frightening to me because I didn't... I, I didn't know what to do with it. I'm like, what, why do I feel this way? I have the joy of the Lord. I have the hope in Christ that I didn't have before, which made me like justify or understand why I was feeling the darkness I was feeling when I was not a believer. Um, but now I was, so why was I feeling this way? Um, and ultimately I truly believe that again, God has every, um, every situation, um, under his control 
um, in his power and has ordained those, um, those times even of trial and grief and turmoil for his goodness and his glory. And I am able to say, yes, I struggled, but it was his strength that carried me through. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it was, um, that it was his word. The whole reason that we named Emmaus what we did is um, in Luke chapter 24, there is a story of right after Jesus's death and burial and his resurrection, he meets two of his disciples on the road to Emmaus. Um, And they did not know that Jesus had resurrected at this point, and he disclosed his identity to them, so they didn't realize it was Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he said, "You know, why are you guys so downcast? What's going on?" And they're like, "Are you kidding me? Like, have you not known that the guy we thought was going to be our king, our ruler, our lord, just died? <laughs> yeah. He was crucified. Like, why? Why are you not downcast? I mean, it was kind of public, right? And kind of exactly. Like- and so they're like, "Who is this guy?" And Jesus said, "I'm going to take you through, starting with the laws." and the prophets. I'm going to take you through scripture, and I'm going to reveal myself to you in the word, and I'm going to um, comfort you in the word. They didn't even know that it was Jesus at the time until after they went through the word with him, and then sat down, and when he broke bread is when they realized it was Jesus. What Dakota and I grasped from that Bible story is in the midst of our miscarriages, we didn't have a burning bush right outside our house saying our names. We didn't have the Clearwater River part for us to walk across on dry land. There wasn't big, booming voices from heaven coming down to talk to us. It was not the presence of God that we felt that got us through those trials. It was the Word of God. It was Him comforting us through His truth, the Bible. And it was that that carried us through the trials of losing our first two children that really ultimately was the thing that maintained our faith as strong as we were able to. Um, That is the reason that we named Emmaus um, what we did. And it's just another testimony of every single trial that we have ever gone through, every single trial we ever will go through, um, Lord willing, we will have the strength not in of ourselves, but in and of Christ Jesus. And because of his death, burial, resurrection, the blood that he shed, it is because of him that we are able to live out the life that we are in joy, in peace, that it's not a faith that's based off of our experiences, but it's a faith based off of the power and the truth of Christ Jesus alone. Um, and ultimately, we long and strive to glorify Christ in every single aspect of our lives. And we fall short on a daily basis. We are not perfect, but we are... Um, You're learning. Yeah, and, and we are Christ's workmanship. Like, he's he's still working on us. We are his people, and he is gifted us with the ability to be seen not not as the filthy rags of sin that I am <laughs> but through the lens of Jesus Christ as pure blameless spotless um, without sin justified his righteousness on us definitely and yeah. that shows that 
that you could that you could hold on to God during a time that's so rough because I know like so often when like couples lose babies like that like they have a tendency to drift apart or lose God because it's so easy because it's so hard and there's so much pain in that but like to see you know like you know it was Satan attacking or for whatever reason mm-hmm. they're gone now and that's that's sad and that's probably a grief you'll carry but to like find God's love in that and to see you know even though this is pain and even though this is hard like God has a purpose like it shan't be in vain like mm-hmm. yeah when- I believe it's uh John sixteen thirty three that says in this world you will have trouble but take heart, for I have overcome the world. And I think that's so important as believers to remember that because there's a common belief that goes around in Christianity that, like, you know, once you're saved, like, it'll all be sunshine and roses. Mm. But unfortunately, that's not the case. But instead, we begin to see those thorns as roses because it's a better way to reflect God's love mm. even through the hard times. Yeah, absolutely. And I... I think that a lot of the times, like you said, when when people have a misunderstanding of, oh, now I'm a believer and now I'm a Christian, so my life's going to be all, you know, fine and I won't ever experience anything wrong or anything like that or bad or um, experience trials. I think that it's a misunderstanding of the purpose that we're here on earth like, this isn't our home. The Bible mm. refers to us as aliens. <laughs> like, this is not where we belong. Um, and so many times we have the mindset of that this is our permanent location um, when in all actuality we were created for God, for heaven. Um, we are spiritual beings that, um, that are here on earth in a, in a earthly body temporarily Mm -hmm. um this is our layover and uh you don't unpack and get comfortable during a layover (laughs) you know you stay ready for your flight to take off so I think a lot of times and I'm guilty of it the same we get all too comfortable in where we're at and miss um the actual purpose of why we're even here um and that is to make disciples of all nations um preaching the gospel to them showing the love of Christ, the truth that is all too forgotten um, or diluted or watered down. The gospel's offensive. It, it, it just is. Um, a lot of people don't like it. And uh, I think that should just be um, a sign of that it's true. Truth isn't relative. It's truth, regardless of your opinion. <laughs> like sorry uh not sorry (laughs) like truth can be painful and bold and blunt Mm -hmm. like god's like i love you and like sometimes we look at ourselves and we're like are you sure you love me because like have you seen what i've been doing because it's not okay and like it can be offensive that way like yeah i love you because i see more to you than you see and i think that's powerful and like to not forget where we're going, you know, like, we're just travelers, we're passing through. Yeah, know? absolutely. And I think that's amazing that God can give you that story and that testimony and for you to see the light of that. And because I know that God's going to use that. He's going to use that to share with others. And when other mothers have those same trials, you're going to be like, God's there. And I think maybe that's part of why God gives us those stories and these pains and these aches in our lives so that we can... <laughs> 
glorify and uplift others when they're going through the same trials and they don't have the words and you know like they're even more fallen down than we are yeah absolutely I agree 100% like I said before earlier in this interview all glory be to Christ it's it's all for his glory it's all for his gain Um, and I am privileged to be a broken vessel that he has used yes yes yeah no thank you Caitlin thank you for doing this it's been such a blessing to just hear your story and hear Emmaus (laughs) and just his story too no thank you for doing this it's been such a blessing yeah absolutely thank you very much for having me I appreciate it do you mind if we close with a prayer absolutely dear father in heaven thank you for Caitlin for bringing her into my life and for just letting me hear her story and letting me hear how she can glorify you through the pain and through the trials and being a broken vessel to glorify you, Lord. And thank you for baby Emmaus and for this wonderful story. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you. And hear y'all next week.